All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Kenny Florian. Kenny is a true legend in the martial arts sphere. His bio is immense. Three times world UFC title contender in two weight classes. Fourth degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's a mixed martial artist and a Muay Thai expert. He's the creator of the Kenny Florian Martial Arts.com website. He's a co-founder and owner of Florian Martial Arts Center in Brookline, MA, USA. He's an analyst and commentator for the Professional Fighters League on ESPN. He's a co-host of the BattleBots on Discovery Channel. He's a professional jiu-jitsu commentator and a graduate of Boston College. And in today's episode, we discuss how to live the warrior's lifestyle. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've been a major star of yours from dusk to dawn. I found you during the Ultimate Fighter originally. Uh, when I started getting to the UFC, but I've been a fan since you've been commentating. Your YouTube channel is amazing. But for people who maybe don't recognize the name, and there'll be a few living under a rock, probably, how would you introduce yourself? You know, how would you give the example? Because you've done the full cycle of fighting. How would you describe who you are and why you're a legend? Uh, gotcha. Um, you know, I, I, um, I guess I would, I would best describe myself as a martial artist. Um, I, I've been doing martial arts since I was a kid, uh, then took like a long hiatus. I was doing a, a lot of soccer and other sports and things like that. And then reconnected with martial arts, uh, in college. And, and I guess that's the thing that I guess I, I most associate myself with. Um, I, I kind of am into a lot of different things, I guess. So, you know, I do commentary, of course. So I do, um, you know, uh, play-by-play uh, or not play-by-play, but color commentary. Uh, I did it both for the UFC and now I do it for the PFL, the Professional Fighters League. Um, I also do commentary for a show called BattleBots, which is similar to Robot, Robot Wars over in the UK. Um, yeah. You know, BattleBots is a show on Discovery Channel. Um, so I, I do, uh, I'm a martial artist. I do TV stuff. I, I fought in the UFC um, for around seven years. I, I competed for uh, three different world championships in two different um, weight classes. I fought in four different weight classes in the UFC. Uh, and I'm just trying to continue to grow and be the best student uh, and the best teacher that I can be, um, you know, within the martial arts realm. So always trying to learn, always trying to get better. And um, that's, uh, I guess, pretty, pretty much it. I love it that you're still trying to grow after being in the biggest organization in the world, commenting here. I mean, you even did AI battle bots, you know. Uh, you're, you're doing martial arts with uh, artificial intelligence. You can't go farther <laughs> than that. But can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Because your dad's Peruvian and he was a, a surgeon. Do you think his kind of controlled and analytical mindset really helped you in the cross-training you did as a kid? Because you did judo and kung fu yeah. and all these sort of things. Do you think that made you such a great competitor, that cerebral outlook? Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I didn't see him a whole lot because he was working so much. But I think that the, the main thing that I got from him was work ethic and belief in yourself. That Those are the two hmm. things that he used to talk about a lot. Um, you know, my, my dad worked very hard at his job. He was always... Um, you know, uh, away from home pretty much. He was up early and back home late. Um, and, um, you know, he was, he was a very busy guy. So he was a, a, a chest surgeon. So he did everything from the lungs to the heart to everything in there. So, you know, that takes obviously a tremendous amount of, of work ethic and hard work, especially as someone who comes, came from Peru, 
to break into the United States and establish himself as a top surgeon, you know, was a very difficult thing, mm -hmm. especially back then in the 60s and 70s. So, um, you know, and and he said, you know, I remember he told me a story about how uh, he was trying to get into a residency program initially from Peru. Um, and they told him that they had already picked who, who they were going to have as residents. And he went uh, to the United States anyway uh, to, to have an interview. And they're like, well, you can if you oh. want, you know, if you, if you want to come by, that's fine. But we already we already picked the people that we have. And he was very persistent and he went there and he proved himself and they took him on a, as another resident. So I remember him just, you know, talking about being an optimist, believing yourself and having the, the work ethic to back it up. Um, and uh, and eventually he said people are going to, you know, take notice and and you'll be successful. But it's never an easy journey. And and you got to fight for for what you want. And um, yeah, th those are kind of the, the main takeaways that I got from my dad. I love it. I mean, it's because you said initially you got into martial arts because you felt a warrior's calling, like the lifestyle. Um, yeah. Do you think that's part of it? Is that you were seeing that from your parents? That kind of we're going to fight, we're going to compete for whatever. You were not giving up, or you know, you said I think it was on Chewie's podcast. You said that when Dana originally asked you to come on the Ultimate Fighter, you were like, "Nah, I'm just doing this for fun," and yeah. then you wanted to do it. What? Yeah. You, I mean, I love that. Like, you know, nah, this is just for me. I'm, I'm turning <laughs> yeah. down millions and all. But what did you? What changed there? What did you think? You said, I think it was, you wanted to challenge yourself. Was it just about yeah. you and your own self? Yeah, you know, it, it was a couple things. It, it's hard for me to really pinpoint where it comes from, but I felt like it came from somewhere um, pretty, pretty deep inside. I, I think that I, as a kid, I actually suffered from a lot of anxiety um, and a lot of fear. Uh, and I... Anytime I did martial arts as a kid, I, I felt like there was a certain connection there that was kind of spiritual-like, um, and I felt like nothing else existed in the world. Um, and, and I felt a certain amount of that when I was playing soccer. Um, but with martial arts specifically, I felt like I was doing something that was extremely important. Um, and again, it could have been the influence of watching a lot of martial arts movies as a kid and, um, you know, having a bunch of brothers around and, you know, having to know how to defend yourself and talking about fighting yep. and things. But I felt I felt that uh, I felt that calling and, and, you know, getting in a fight, getting in a physical altercation, um, you know, scared the scared the shit out of me to, to, to be candid. And uh, ultimately, I knew that there was a method uh, to how to fight. And I wanted to learn that to feel more secure with myself. Um, so it was a very personal journey for me. Um, and, you know, once I kind of figured out that there was a method, I became very addicted with that process. And I found that it was much more than that, because in doing that, it un unlocked a lot of the anxiety that I felt in myself as a kid. It gave me a lot more confidence hmm. and you know and i played sports all my life you know i i was relatively confident i guess in that regard because i knew that you know if you worked hard you could achieve certain goals but with jujitsu it being such a one-on-one -on -one type of thing journey and this kind of roller coaster ride of finding out direct answers to different problems that you experience on the mat um it, it was it was both physical it was mental, it was spiritual, it was everything together. And it was fascinating to me. And, and I felt like it's helped me um, become, I guess, a better person, a more real person. And, um, and it's helped me to become a stronger person. So I, um, I, I, there's not many things that I encounter in my life that I can't relate back to my lessons on the mat. And, um, you know, it's it's a very uh, humble lifestyle, but it's a very important one that um, has helped me tremendously in all facets of my life. Because you think about the number of people who you've inspired to take up training, who love to listen to your play-by-plays, and, you know, like, there's nothing, I, I could hardly find a bad word about you written anywhere. And I love that approach. It's like you got into it, because you're like me, you know, you, you've you got anxiety, you deal with it, and I struggle with that and just now I'm a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I st still think what the hell am I doing here like you know when you're getting pummeled in the corner and stuff yes because your name you named one of your gyms I'm gonna 
sorry, I'm going to make an awful pronunciation. Mark Marquez. Oh, um, Meraki. Yeah, I used to be a uh, part of Meraki. Yeah. Not anymore, yeah. but yes. Yeah. Yep. And you were saying that was like a, a piece of yourself was into the, the sport. It was you left a piece of yourself into the work. You seem to have that kind of life philosophy. Do you think you're always putting a self, a piece of yourself, into whatever you're doing, like your commentary, your play-by-play, etc. I think for the things that you care about, I, I think you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that place, you know, you, you make yourself a little bit more vulnerable. Um, but uh, I've, I've found that um, I learn best when I fall on my face. Um, <laughs> the, the answers um, become more apparent. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of times we we run away from failure. Um you know, we, we are so scared of failure and actually in running away from failure, we actually run away further from success as well. And we live in this kind of um, medium zone where we become very average because that's the safe place to be. Um, and I think that's a, a very dangerous thing uh, in a lot of ways, because how can we elevate um our lives? How can we elevate our communities? How can we elevate the world if everyone is just trying to be average? And, and I, I think, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from exceptional individuals. I, I try to learn as much as I can from exceptional individuals uh, and see where I need to fill in those gaps and what can I do to achieve some of what they achieved or, you know, how to get there. And, um, you know, it, it's extremely important to surround yourselves around positive people and people that are doing good and important things at a high level, um, because there's so many lessons to be learned. So, um, you know, so w- I guess what I'm getting at is we, we also don't do this alone. And we also need to understand that uh, nothing great gets achieved by doing easy things. Um, it, it is the practice and execution of hard things that allows us to grow and get better. And in that process, um, falling down and failing uh, is inevitable. Um, but what those things are doing, they're pointing us in the right direction. It's like, okay, well, you, you, you made a mistake. Um, why did that mistake happen? Was that you? Was that them? Um, and, and you start to unwind that process and start to figure things out and, and hopefully become better because of it. Because that's what I love about like your YouTube videos, your social media. Everything's so very analytical and it's very thought-provoking. And you always come out as a better martial artist just by reading something you've written or watch something. You know, I'm like, this guy gets it. It's deep. He, you know, truly understands it. But martial arts are scary. You know, there's like 90,000 things to learn for sweeps, throws, takedowns. Yeah. Do you go from the Kit Dale, learn the concepts? Do you do the Gordon Ryan, like, I don't know, like the super techniques he does, or do you follow the Roger Gracie approach and go basics is best, I'll become an expert in the basics. Where, How do you learn jiu-jitsu? What would you recommend somebody, their approach to learning? Yeah, um, it, it's an interesting question because I, I'm not sure I have the answer necessarily uh, to be honest. Um, I think that um, I've seen a lot of people take those three approaches and more and become very successful practitioners. Um, so I think it, it comes down to how the individual learns best. Um, for me, it, it ends up being um, more uh, conceptual understanding, um, understanding the big things first. Um, I think when you understand the big things first, um, you know, you can still be very successful and then dial in the little things. But I think about you know, I was actually having a discussion uh, with someone who who is a high level uh, weapons expert, and he was saying that you know, hey, listen, I fundamentals. Well, what what do the fundamentals mean? You know, I don't even understand what the fundamentals mean. So when people talk about fundamentals, um, I don't really get that. Well, I, I kind of I, I disagree. I, I think so. The fundamentals are for me those concepts that are so important that the execution of that move wouldn't work without them, right? It's like everyone gets tied into little specific grips and this and that. But the reality is, is if the move can be done with this grip, this grip, this grip, this grip, is it the grip or is it there's something else in mind? So I always think about, 
you know, what, what are the big things? What are the main things that I need to be aware of? Let's tackle that first. Let's worry about that. And then let's get into the nitty gritty because there are, um, there is a core to the move. There's always a core to the, to the move that must be executed uh, a very, in a very um, specific way or, or, or these concepts or principles must be uh, satisfied before the move can actually work, right? It's like, it doesn't matter. If, if, the, if I have that core of that move and it's totally incorrect, it doesn't matter how I grip you or what kind of execution I have. You know, it's like the, the you know, if the sprockets aren't, aren't touching together, um, then it doesn't matter. Then nothing's going to move, you know? So it doesn't matter about the uh, stuff on the outside, on the periphery. So I think um, finding what those core concepts are first and, and getting the handle on that that I think makes things a lot easier. And for me, it also becomes way easier for me to understand. I mean, imagine memorizing thousands of techniques. Like I, I have a pretty decent memory, but to memorize thousands and thousands and thousands of techniques, that's very difficult for anybody. Or hmm. I can get a concept that applies to thousands of techniques. I, I think it's way easier to understand a concept, right? That applies to many Definitely. different things than it is to um, memorize all these techniques. Now that said, there are a lot of individuals that learn extremely well with a bunch of techniques. You know, guys have great memories. Guys have great um, athletic abilities where, you know, they do it once and their body just completely knows what they need to do. Um, for me, uh, before I get really comfortable, it needs to be in here. If it's not in here, I'm okay. Once it's in here, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good for the most part. I just, I just need it here. And then I just need to hammer it home as far as execution, my body and sensitivity. But uh, for whatever reason, I need to understand what I need to do here before I could do anything with my body. Cause I used to do that. I would say, put it on me because I needed to feel where the pressure was or how it was yes. applied or, or where was the point you go? Yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. You know, yeah. Is that how you do? You think that's how you learned space repetition? Kind of like needing to feel it to feel the pressure points. Is that the way that you would typically approach something of training in the gym, or you know, do you focus strengths and weaknesses? How how would you break it down? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, you know, understanding um, or and understanding happens a lot uh, with our feel, right? It's like okay, well feel feel what feel um you know whether you're sad or mad or angry no feel where are they controlling your body what are they doing with their legs what are they doing with their arms what are they doing with their overall position how are they angled what is their connection to the floor now let's reverse it what are you doing with all those things what is your connection to the floor how is your stability are you set up to go in this direction are you set up to go in that direction how are you placing your weight where is your weight why is your weight there what space is available how do i occupy that space so it's all those things take a certain amount of feel and um and not only visually you need to understand like what's happening, but you know, if you just close your eyes and you feel the position, you feel where they're controlling you, you then can kind of untie those knots, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I think um, feel is one of the best indicators um, and is, is typically um, never lying to you. Um, it, it, so we just need to understand like, that's kind of the truth of the position is, uh, what the feel is now you got to untie uh you know exactly what that means and where you need to go um but that's the beginning of that understanding but i, I think it a lot of it really comes down to feel that's a good answer because when i first started i was thinking why why can't i sweep this guy my you know i'm doing the exact same scissor sweep everybody else and it's like oh you've got to pull them forward Oh, you've got to feel right. their weight coming to, and i was like yeah oh, and it, it, it blew my mind i was doing the the movement not a clue what I was doing. I was all over the shot. And I mean, you're very, I think you kind of have well known for making these amazing game plans and really sort of feeling out people. And, you know, you, you look to control their pace and their aggression and things like that. How do you build that feel? How do you get so good at it? Because you were knocking people out. You were passing guards like it was nothing. How do you get that intuition even? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good question. I, 
I, I certainly wasn't perfect by any means. I, I, I made a lot of mistakes, um, both, um, you know, tactically, strategically. Um, th- those things um, are important, though. Um, for the most part, I, I, I tried to figure out ways to defeat people, and, and I was relatively successful, um, but, uh, you know, for my game. But I think you, you need to understand two things, um, I guess, to make it simple. You need to understand yourself, and you need to understand your opponent. What are your strengths and weaknesses, and what are their strengths and weaknesses? And and there can't be any uh, lies there, right? There can be no lies detected. You have to be extremely honest with yourself. Um, if you're not, you're, you're going to get exposed, right? And, and you might just get exposed anyway. Um, but having a very real gauge on what your skills are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, allows you to formulate those game plans. Um, so, you know, again... Uh, this is not original, uh, right? By me, Sun Tzu's talked about, you know, understand yourself, understand your enemy, uh, and 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 it, and it is so true. It's it's extremely important. So what I w- would do um, would be to spar a lot, and I would watch a lot of fights, um, whether it's jujitsu, wrestling, uh, but mainly it was uh, Muay Thai and mixed martial arts. I would watch a tremendous amount of kickboxing, Muay Thai, and mixed martial arts. Um, and that would give me kind of different ideas, different approaches, uh, recognize patterns, see what's successful, see what's not successful, and even see people that were, you know, winning fights, but also not being efficient. Um, so I think at the core uh, in my approach is efficiency. H- how can I be most efficient? Um, and in some cases, efficiency, and this is going to be kind of counterintuitive, I guess, a little bit. In some cases, efficiency means actually trying to take them out as quickly as possible when I had that ability. I, I, I tried to be, when I got my certain positions, I tried to be as aggressive as, as possible to try to overwhelm and take them out immediately. Um, if I didn't, I always thought that if I had a great position or if I had the ability to finish a fight in that moment, if I didn't go for it, that I would only allow my opponent to survive that round and then give them a chance, another chance uh, to kill me. Um, why would I give him that chance? If I had the opportunity to finish my opponent, I was going to go for it. I didn't always do it, but I was going to, I was going to make damn sure that I gave it my best to try to take them out in that time. Um, because you know, when you have that position, why would I allow my opponent to survive? Um, I, 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 so I, I, I did have to be in the best shape uh, possible, you know, so I could, you know, bring that, uh, fuel, uh, to those moments in the fight. Um, but so you know, so it, it's it's important that we understand um, when to when to step on the gas and when not to. Um, it's important that I need to pace myself and also find those ways where I can be more efficient and more effective than my opponent. I, I also don't want to go for the kill and open myself up to an attack. So I tried to view things more in terms of um, options that I have. And options that my opponent has. Um, offense and defense, I think, is a simplistic way of looking at the fight game in general. I, and I guess across all different modalities. Because offense and defense, like, I don't know, how, how do we describe those things? And is offense always offense? You know, it's like, oh, you're on top. You know, you may have an advantageous position against another blue belt. But you go against another black belt. And you feel like you're defending the whole time. You know, um, there, there are certain guys where you're in mount and you feel like you can't even do anything. Like you're actually defending the position and they're actually escaping. So, you know, Every day. I don't like, you know what I mean? So I don't like thinking of it in terms of offense and defense. I like thinking of it in terms of options that you have and options that they have. How do I maximize my options and how do I minimize the options of my opponent? And if we could start from there and kind of take a first principles approach, then, you know, hopefully we can come up with some good stuff. Because I've listened to a lot of your interviews and I remember you were talking about how you you like to watch a lot of the fights and, the, you know, sporting highlights to kind of learn from it. What do you see the similarities in all these top competitors? You know, the ones who kind of are like blowing away the masses, the, the guys that are, who shouldn't be great fighters but just seem to be natural. Do you see something in the way they approach their training, their behaviors, just the, their general attitudes that makes them so good? 
Yeah, I, you know, I think the the common theme for for most guys at the top is they are extremely mentally tough, right? Um, they are physically very tough. They are very durable um, and strong mentally and physically. Um, they're going to continue to press forward no matter what. Um, so if that's the case, then like technically we need to find something that can defeat those guys, right? Because you need to be technically superior to, to those guys that are going to come forward. You, you, you just need to be outright better than them. And, and that's not easy in, in this day and age, right? Because guys are learning the game. They're learning from all previous fights. The training is getting better. Coaches are getting smarter. Um, you know, uh, training camps are, 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 are getting better as far as how to approach that. And, uh, you know, I, I see that there's way more better fighters today, I think, than there were back when I was fighting. You know, people are figuring it out. They're figuring out ways to get better and improve. Um, yeah, so the elite, the elite, like the elite guys, um, I, I see it sometimes, um, but I still see a, a lack of evolution in some ways amongst the elite guys. Um, take Alexander Volkanovsky, for example, how many champions do you see that continually get better? I don't see a lot. Like, it doesn't mean they're not good fighters. They're great fighters. Don't get me wrong. But someone like a Volkanovsky who is continually adding to his game and getting better as a featherweight champion in the UFC is impressive. That's the way it should be. But it's extremely rare that a guy is continually adding layers and levels to his game. Uh, offensively, defensively, uh, it's impressive to watch. So that is what makes someone very rare, uh, you know, and, and unique is that individual who can also hit and not get hit, who can go out there and be aggressive, be efficient and effective without taking a lot of damage. That to me is the sign of a master, someone who is, has a certain mastery over the martial arts, right? It's yeah. anybody can go in there and fight and, 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 and not give up and be tough and all that stuff maybe not anybody, but any tough guy can do that. Um, but to be efficient, effective and not take damage is another thing altogether like that. That person knows something and is executing something that other people just are not. And that I think is special. And that's what, you know, I, I try to chase uh, with my martial arts um, if I can. Um, so, and I think that's ultimately kind of what, what nature is doing, right? It's like nature is trying to be as efficient and effective as possible. They're always making things, you know, it's th this intelligence that is built into nature in general is always looking for ways to be more efficient and more effective um, for better or worse. It is plowing forward with an evolution that is trying to make things easier for it to either grow or get the heck out of the way. That thing is going to die. And if it's not able to evolve um, at a faster pace or a more efficient pace, it gets killed period. Um, so I, I find that, um, you know, it, that, that's the same way with, with martial arts. I love the way you look at stuff. It's like I could listen to you chat for hours. Like, <laughs> well, I have because I've been on your podcast. But I think it was Bruce Lee that said, like, martial artists need to see the world with fresh eyes always. You know, they can't just, like you were saying, just rest on the laurels of that work. I'll stay to there. And always going out and trying to change. And do you think that's, like, where the top top guys are doing? They're kind of always going, how can I improve? How can I evolve? Ian, I, I think that's like one of the tricks of life, right? I, I think that um, so many times we take things for granted and we come in with uh, these perspectives that are old or this baggage that we have from our past that allows us or that tells us to look at a thing in a very certain way. You know, it's like if we've been jaded or cheated or um, fooled or tricked or beat up or all these, a lot of times we take that and put that baggage on our shoulders and we see the world with those lenses, right? Um, the, the big goal and, and Jiddu Krishnamurti, who I know was a, a big influence for, for Bruce Lee as well. Um, great philosopher, um, used to say that, it, that it's, it's so important to look at the world with truly with fresh eyes. That's what allows us to think differently and be creative and not just see things in the same manner over and over and over again. I think that's the value of, of meditation as well. Um, and, 
you know, it, it uh, gives us a clean slate. It cleans the mind. It sends things to the recycling bin for us to look at things anew. Um, because, I mean, there's there's so many times where we're judging people or ideas or positions in jujitsu and thinking that, oh, this is the way that it's done. But the reality is no one has the, no one has the corner or the market on intelligence, right? Like we, we are the best coaches that we have. You know, if you're lucky, you get great mentorship and great teaching, which I've been lucky enough to get from a variety of sources. Um, and that helps a lot. Um, but then, Understanding that you can go further and you can see things differently that helps you um, see it in a different way that maybe, um, you know, gives you a little more oomph here, or a little more oomph there. Um, so taking information and then asking the right questions. Now, I don't know if it's such an important thing to do when you're like day one white belt, but after you get a certain amount of information, I do think it's important to question yourself. Like, I mean... Again, I, I think I, I don't think I would be here today if I didn't question my life and be like, hey, do I want to work in a cubicle my whole life? Do, do I do I really want to go to law school or do I want to chase this thing that I love called martial arts, even though everyone tells me I'll never do anything with it. I'll never make any money. I'll never make a life out of it. You know, like you have to be able to separate yourself from everybody else and say, all right, is this what I want? If that's what I want. I'm going to do it. Now, how do I do it? And how do I get the best information? Now, how do I question myself and, and question your approach from sparring and training and fighting and do it over and over and over again to try to find the best answer possible? And, and it's a lot of work, but um, this is truly living. It's like, see it with fresh a fresh perspective all the time. And you're going to find, you know, some nice gold nuggets here and there. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. So how do you, like, I mean, I love these kind of answers, but I mean, like, how do you get to that point where you can ask yourself questions, you can let your ego go, you can just keep it calm when life's just throwing shit at you and everything's going crazy how can you go in and learn and just like approach it with fresh eyes do you think because they say competing's a skill you have to learn yourself yes how, and i mean i suffered from anxiety depression things like that and the thought of going and competing you know you get the imposter syndrome you start thinking well I'm, I'm terrible and everybody laughs and you know you talk yourself out of it do you think everybody needs to compete do you think everybody needs that kind of to put yourself in that and learn fight or flight kind of method or um i think that um chaos uh, always finds us no matter what um life will throw things at us much more difficult than anything i think we will experience on the mat in some ways um you know uh, there, there's no place for us to hide uh where we, we just think things are going to be easy um and I don't think we're we're meant to live as hermits and and separate us uh, separate ourselves from the rest of the world. Even though there's times where I want to do that, um, but I think that uh, you know, in order to get strong, I need to experience difficult things. I need to move heavy things. I need to understand uh, myself. Um, and in doing so, I, I get better better answers. And I understand that I'm, I'm more and more capable of, of doing harder things. Um, and I think the, the earlier that you can start it in your life, the better, but you can learn this at any age. You can learn this at any time in your life. You know, of course, you know, one of the more famous examples is, you know, David Goggins, you know, who, you know, talked about how lazy he was throughout his whole adult life and, you know, how he was, you know, in terrible shape. And one day, 
you know, he said he was sick of it and he would, would try to test himself in achieving different things, whether it was trying to get into be a Navy SEAL or trying to run five miles or whatever it was. He kept trying to tackle, um, you know, these different challenges. And in doing so, what you're really doing is defeating yourself. You're defeating that person in your mind that's telling you, you can't do it. And for anyone who thinks that like you wake up one day and thinks like, I am Superman, I can do anything. No, like it it takes time to understand that, that you are capable of some Mm -hmm. amazing things, but that journey is long and arduous. You have to, um, you know, deal with, with the ups and downs and understand that you are strong enough and many, many people before you and many, many people after you have dealt with those very same things. So whether it's, you know, reading about those things, whether it's going out and doing those things, um, I, I, and I, I honestly, I think it's a combination of all of those things of learning from other people and understanding those journeys, those difficult journeys uh, and understanding that you, you can do those same things. You can absolutely do those same same things. I, I I don't think everyone is necessarily equal, right? Because it, it all comes down to your mindset, right? It's like everyone, everyone's like, oh well, we we are all the same. Well, we're all the same if we're thinking the same. But a lot of us, very few, actually think the same. We need to elevate up here and understand and believe in ourselves and and get ready for that hard work. Otherwise you know, no, we're, we're not going to be able to achieve what others have achieved. Um, and you know, it's like, how many Michael Jordans are there? How many, you know, how many great athletes like that are there, but doesn't mean you can't achieve great things. You just may not be in the right sport or in the right, um, area uh, uh, of your specific strengths and weaknesses. So, um, I, I think that it, it very much starts with the mind and it continues with the mind. You have to, uh, continually understand that all of those efforts that you're making uh, is is forward progress, even if you're falling down or taking a couple steps back. You have to believe in yourself, believe in the process, and um, and also like surround yourself with other people that are trying to do the same thing. And I think that's, I think that's really important as well, because what you don't want to feel is feel alone in that process either. Um, but uh, it's 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 the practice of hard things it's the positive mindset um and it's it's daily work doing it in in a lot of different ways and um you know it's it's a process it is a process it's not it's not a sprint it's a marathon for sure no, I wish I had like listened to your podcast in that way. And I was starting out because I started when I was thirty six, and all these guys were coming in twenty odd, you know, with their six packs and doing handstand push ups. And I'm like, I just come from powerlifting, could barely get my legs over my head. I was like, what the fuck? But I love. I can't. I'm trying to remember the podcast you said it on, but you said you would deliberately pick out tough training partners that could beat you, and you would keep going until you could beat them because you could say. I'm not running from them. I want to learn and grow. And how did they beat me? How did you get like one over me until you were able to beat them? Then the next challenge. I love that approach. Do you think that's what made you such a good fighter? I, I definitely think it helped. And, and I would even try to play their games a lot too. Um, I, I would even try to uh, go into their strengths. And I still try to do that uh, because training is, it's there for me to get better. It's not there for me to, uh, hey, look how great I am. Um, I, I am a good martial arts practitioner. Uh, you know, I, I am uh, trying to be as good as I possibly can be. But, I, you know, I'm not competing anymore. I'm not – for me, I just want to get better. And I, I want to learn as much as I can. And if I can go into someone's realm and see what they're doing and, you know, play their game, um, I, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become better for it. Um, and I – you know, I uh, I try not to see it in terms of uh, them smashing me or me smashing them. I just try to do it in terms of how can I get better with this training partner that I have. Um, and yeah, so it's um, and even if you're going against someone who's not good, it's like okay, well, here's my chance for me to work a weakness in my game and and try to give this person the upper hand and force me to still get better, even though I'm supposedly better or more experienced than them. So 
there, there's a lot of different ways that you can set up your training uh, to get better, even if you're going with guys that you're better than, if that makes sense. So I, I um, yeah, it, it helped me a lot. And also, you know, there's so many cool approaches and training methods um, and techniques that are out there. I want to see as much as possible um, and, and see what I can uh, utilize and what I can learn from. I love that. I mean, I remember when you said about learning from chaos, you know, you've got to chase the chaos. Do you think that's part of it? It's the constant evolution. It's con- like the top fighters. It's the, okay, I've never beaten this guy. Let's let's go. Let's try to find him out. Let's find how I can use his strengths against himself. And, you know, do you think that's how you built up such a, a great mental resilience and you were able to stay cool in such difficult situations in your career? I, I think so. You know, and I, and I, again, I would say that I did not start out that way. Um, For my early fights, I think I did just because it was local and I I was comfortable in that environment. But I mean, my ultimate fighter finale, I found out the hard way that I was not mentally prepared or spiritually prepared uh, for a mixed martial arts fight at a high level with everyone watching. I, I, I had a lot of mental work to do. Um, and, and, and a lot of physical and technical work to do. And that all bubbled up on fight night. And I felt like I was just a deer in the headlights. And so I, I knew I had to work on that. I knew I couldn't run away from that. And I knew, knew I needed to experience as much chaos and as much pressure as possible. And sometimes you think you are, uh, until you realize there's more levels and there's more for you to see Like I remember for the BJ Penn fight, I only had, my two main sparring partners was my Muay Thai coach and my brother Keith. Like those were my main sparring partners. And then I, I had a couple guys that I brought out, Dean Thomas and uh, Hatsu Hiyoki, uh, who helped me. But I needed to be doing more. I mean, I didn't have the the economic resources to necessarily do that as much uh, I would have liked to. But I certainly did after that fight. I, I I invested so much into my training after that, where I was going to Montreal all the time. I was flying out training partners. I was paying for the best coaches possible. You know, I wanted uh, to learn as much as possible and and train with the best guys that I could find. And that meant, you know, utilizing the right resources. And and I I paid a lot to you know both physically and economically to to make that happen. Um, so I, I always tried to take care of my coaches and my training partners uh, and experience as much chaos as I could because I knew that ultimately the truth would reveal itself on fight night. And I'd rather find out in training than uh, on fight night. Uh, and, and, you know, candidly, you know, after I was retired, I, I took it, you know, I guess to to another level as far as thinking about it, because rarely are you 100% on fight night. There's always something going on, whether it's a bad weight cut or an injury or staph infection or whatever it is, which I dealt with, you know, all those things. I needed to be able to beat them on my worst day. You know, like, I, I, I it, it's easier to, to fight someone when you're at your best, but it's like, how do I beat them when I'm at my worst? Like, that's what I wanted to figure out, and that's what kind of motivates me today is that, like, you know, I'm 46 years old with a bad back, bad knee, bad hip. You know, if I'm in a self-defense situation or someone's trying to hurt me or whatever, like I can't be like, I'll, I'll meet you back here on Monday at uh, 2 p.m. You know, I got to wait. I got to stretch out a little bit first. If you could let me, you know, no, you, you got to be ready to go. So um, you have to be at a technical level um, and a composure level that is, you know, unlike anybody else. So those are the things that I try to remember and I try to train. Uh, for I, I'm not able to train as much as I would like uh, because of my body, but I try to maximize the most out of my training sessions, um, you know, the, the, the best that I can. Because I remember when you were on the Uncle Joey Diaz podcast, and that's what he was saying. He was like, as soon as he got mounted, he said he'd had almost had a panic attack. And that yeah. hit home, because I can remember like that, the kind of crashing pressure. You're like, what the... How, yeah. What do you do away from like the training to, you know, use like meditation, visualization, things like that to become sort of like the cerebral assassin almost that you become, you know, do you use things like that to deal with the anxiety, all these, the nerves that you originally felt as you were getting in and evolving your skills? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, meditation was an important thing. I'm not sure I understood it so much when I was, um, fighting to be honest 
but you know, after I retired, I, I got more into meditation. Um, I took, um, you know, a, a psychology course. It was like, I think five years, uh, that I was doing it. And I learned a lot about breathing techniques and calming the mind and, um, making that mind body connection. Uh, and that helped me a lot. Um, so much can be calmed down with your breath. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I think it helps in both getting your heart rate down, but also, you know, sending oxygen to, to the whole of your body and not just certain specific parts and not, um, you know, being so tense when you experience, um, adversity, relaxing, being composed. And also, you know, visualization for me, visualization isn't, you know, visualizing me, uh, beating everybody or visualizing me, you know, getting my hand raised at the end of a match or something like that. That's not what I consider visualization. Visualization is like, how would I want to see myself competing? Um, and what that does is it gives me a nice mental picture for how, how I want to execute my jujitsu or how I want to execute my game or how I want to move when it comes down to doing what it is that I'm doing. Um, and those end up becoming nice, um, I guess, ways of seeing how um, I want to move and seeing if that is aligned with um, what I'm doing with my training. Uh, if that makes sense. And I used to do this when I was fighting, I, I would look at, you know, guys like uh, a bull cow uh, in Muay Thai or Fedor Emelianenko when he was fighting, you know, you look at his calmness and his composure uh, or both of the, the, their calmness and composure and how they fight. Um, I, I found that uh, extremely helpful to see how they went about their execution of their moves and how they were pre-fight or during the fight. Now that might not be for everybody because everybody's different and everyone calls upon different resources, but um, those were kind of good mental pictures for me of how I wanted to compete. So I think finding guys that you look up to and finding, you know, guys that are the best at their fields and seeing what their execution is like. And, and if you tend to vibe with that particular fighter, be like, okay, well, how do they do that? What is their mode uh, of operation? How do they move? Um, how composed are they? And I also relate it back to, and this is something I tell my students a lot, is um, you know, if you think about your first jujitsu class ever, your, your typical first day one guy that comes in, they are typically uh, tense, nervous, uh, utilizing a lot of muscular strength. They're holding their breath. They're spazzing around. They're not pacing themselves. They're exhausted in 30 seconds. All right. We're all, we're all like that. Well, many of us anyway. Right. I always think, okay, if that's day one, if then, then we should be running so far away from that person. That should be the goal, right? It's like, how do we get, how do we become the opposite of that day one person? Um, how do we become calm? The opposite of tense and spazzy how do we become technical the uh, knowledgeable the opposite of perhaps ignorant and you know not having any information how do we become you know so doing that i think helps give us like i think that's what i i consider visualization is like getting that mental picture of how i want to operate as a martial artist Oh, like a you know, it's I can't remember who said it. it was like if you could beat yourself from yesterday or the last training session, you're winning. And I used to always think like, could I beat myself? And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I would have just tipped his legs over. <laughs> you know, it's, but I, I think that's a great. I think that's a great way of looking at it because that's at the yeah. end of the day what we're doing really is we're, we are trying to beat ourselves. Yeah. And do you think that's what you used to do during your warm ups? Like, were you kind of visualizing how you wanted to compete, using your breath to kind of control yourself to get the noise? of the event out your head before you went out and competed? Definitely. Uh, breathing was a big part of that. Uh, reminding myself of how I wanted to see the execution of my moves, how I wanted to move, um, you know, seeing if I wanted to be fluid and open, then I had to see myself being fluid and open in that moment. Uh, if I wanted to respond in a certain way, I needed to visualize myself in some difficult spots and, you know, trust myself that I was able to do it. And the other thing is, 
just visualization is not enough. I hate to tell you guys, but it's not enough. You have to actually do it. I didn't just, you know, see myself, uh, you know, being calm or seeing myself executing certain moves. And then all of a sudden I was just doing everything perfectly. It, it did not work that way. Unfortunately, you have to, you have to compete and you have to experience what it's like to be on a big fight night. You have to experience what it's like to have a camera in your face right before you're supposed to go out there. You have to experience what it's like to have, you know, all the, you know, all those interviews before your fight and people asking you annoying questions and people dealing with, you know, everyone trying to touch you and get a hold of you and everyone trying to talk, you know, talk to you and and distract you from what you're supposed to do. You have to learn how to set boundaries for yourself and get yourself in that mental space. You have to understand how uh, to get your body and your mind prepared for, you know, the biggest competition of your life. Um, so, you know, whatever it takes to get you present and aware in the moment, um, that's what you should be doing. Um, and that's not just a, a, a direct process that takes experience. Um, and, you know, if you're doing it right, you're, you're tackling little steps at a time, you know, and it's ramping itself up. Um, but sometimes it's not, sometimes you tweak it a little bit too much and you, you raise it too much and you're like, ah, that was too much or, or that was too low or that was, you know, mm. finding how to adjust that volume, um, is, can be a difficult thing. And that, again, that comes with time. It comes with experience. So I would recommend anyone just, you know, if, if you want to be a professional competitor, then, Hey, guess what? It's going to take a lot of competitions and, and that's, uh, extremely important. But what happens when you do make a mistake? You know, you get knocked out, you have a shitty training session, you know, like when I first started, I wanted to go home and cry sometimes because how bad I felt compared to everybody else. And I wasn't looking at it as a UVU kind of situation. I was looking mm. at it as I'm not as good as them, whether it was stupid. But yes. Do you think that's the a thing that we need to learn? It's to to stop caring about that to like how do we recalibrate after a mistake how do we oh that's a learning experience that's not a blight on my masculinity that's something i can learn from especially when you get older you know you, you start going don't be silly but it, it eats at you how, how do you deal with that in you know that's something that i'm still working on uh to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest i i am very hard on myself i am extremely hard on myself uh and uh, it, it is the thing that has pushed me to become better, but it is also a thing that has prevented me from getting better and, and being stronger mentally. Um, we are human. We make mistakes. That is something that uh, will always be the case, unfortunately. Uh, we even, even when we're training all the time and where you have a ton of experience, we're going to make mistakes. Uh, the key is like getting back on track. Do I get back on track by saying, Kenny, you're such an idiot. Why the, why the fuck did you do that? That's dumb. Oh my gosh. You let yourself do that. You know better than that. I'm, I'm not in the present right now. I'm in the back. Uh, that move that happened three moves ago, I'm still there mentally, physically, there. spiritually. Why the hell would I do that? And I still mm -hmm. do that sometimes. Like even like, it's funny because in some ways I am better about, uh, dealing with like chaos than I am like something simple, like spilling, like you know, juice on the floor or coffee on the floor or something like that. I'll be like, oh man, that was so stupid. Ugh, what the hell? Those things happen. Like relax. It's fine. It's going to be okay. And I need to remind myself of those things. So it's, it's understanding that in a variety of ways. So I'm, I'm trying to learn that in all aspects of my life, because if you're like that in one aspect of your life, you're most likely going to be like that in all aspects of your life. Now, if we want to go deeper, why is that? Well, um, maybe it's the way that you were raised. Maybe it's the people that were around you that, um, you know, if you're critical of yourself, you're probably critical because you were criticized, um, whether it's your family, whether it was school, whether it was something. And what you're doing is you're bringing in something old that is not true. The reality is we are human and we try to do things. And when you're doing things, you make mistakes in those things sometimes. And it's important for us to get back on track. Um, being in an old mentality or being in an old place, um, it holds us back. And that's something that I'm still learning today. It's something that I'm trying to get better with all the time. And you got to roll with it, right? Literally roll with the punches. That's the idea is, you know, how do I um, 
get back on track, stay present with, with what's happening in front of me. That is the only real thing. Um, you know, the, the people that are watching, um, you know, the don't worry about the post analysis of what you're doing. Don't worry about the things on your, on the periphery. It's me and that person or me and this activity that's happening right now in real time. How do I focus on that and bring my attention there? Um, and, and that, that's the only thing that matters because it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect at that thing. What it means is you're bringing all of yourself. So you're bringing hopefully a hundred percent of yourself, hundred percent of your attention, a hundred percent of your, um, capabilities and a hundred percent or as much as uh, awareness as you can to the craft, because when you do make your mistake, you're going to remember it. Where if I'm, you know, three steps back, or if I'm focused on that, you know, person on the sideline or my girlfriend over there clapping for me, you know, I'm not going to be fully aware of what's going on right now. I'm not even going to be aware of the mistake that I made or the good move that I made. So I can't, that can't, that can now, I'm preventing that from getting that getting embedded in me, right? It's like I can't download download that information without me being as present as possible. Like I need to be there for that experience. If I'm not all there for that experience, I can't bring that experience into me. Oh, that's an amazing answer. I love it. Um, and do you think that's why, uh, like your approach to life, when because you've got a beautiful family, you're commenting. Uh, sort of commentating even i can't even speak today uh, you know you're doing all these amazing things but you're giving your all at that moment do you think that's why you've been so successful in each of these areas i i try uh, uh you know uh, awareness is an interesting thing um i uh i am not always 100 percent aware i am not um immune to mistakes uh, I have blind spots and um sometimes i don't see things or you know uh I make mistakes. Sometimes I forget about certain things. Um, so I, uh, I, I try to bring the most of me to my activities. Yes. Uh, and that's when I find that I am uh, most effective and, and at my best. Now, it, I, what I don't want to do is go, okay, Kenny, it's time to bring your best or I am going to be amazing at this. That's not the way it works. And for me, in my experience, because in that process, what happens for me is I end up um, forcing things. And I find that when I force things, anytime I force something in my life, um, I, it doesn't tend to happen as smoothly as I would like. What I, what I try to th see it as is, okay, Kenny, now I'm going to allow. I'm going to allow for... I'm going to allow myself to do things and I'm going to be present. It's almost like clearing my mind and remembering that like, okay, if I am doing martial arts, Kenny, you're a martial artist. It's time to do that. Now forget about everything. <laughs> Kenny, you're going to do commentary. You've done commentary before. You know how to do it. Be open. Just be present. Look at what's happening and do your best to communicate what's happening. Don't, try to communicate what's happening don't try to fight just do um and that's that's the most important thing and i find so many times it's like you know um you know i'm, I'm doing other kind of activities let's say like like shooting right now um and when i try to shoot well i rarely shoot well it's like i i have to if i'm trying to do something well my my i'm not concerned with the process at hand um i'm trying to fulfill some weird vision in my mind if that makes sense as opposed to being like okay i'm, I'm getting the visualization of what i want to do but now i need to erase that and just focus at the task at hand and think about all you know not think about things but like feel and just execute what i've been doing as opposed to being like all right now it's time to be great I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that puts pressure and creates unrealistic um, expectations when it's it should be more about allowing yourself to do that thing and clearing your mind and not thinking about results uh, is has been um, a good approach for me anyway. 
I can't. I mean, I can't believe it's been an hour. I've just looked at the time. It's like, whoa, because the, I mean, that last couple of answers have blown me away because it's like so good to see how, like, what you can be, the potential for somebody who's saying, "But I can't do fighting because I'm scared. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not somebody that can do that sort of thing." And it changed martial arts have changed my life. But I am slowly growing, and now to see these amazing things, and even now that all the amazing things you've done, you're still just going. Yeah, I'm learning every day, and I love that mindset. Yeah, I mean, you got to man. I I, I remember thinking like when I started jujitsu, I was like, oh man, I I can't wait to get my blue belt, or I can't t- wait to get my purple belt, or man, imagine if one day I get my black belt. And this, like, the journey, especially in things that have the depth of, you know, the depth of something like martial arts, it's, it's never ending. You never get to a spot and you're like, well, I get to retire now. I am good. I, I know all things. It, it, it doesn't work that way. It's a, it's a constant learning process and it's constant evolution. Um, and there's so many different people that you can learn from and, uh, and evolution is, is a never ending game for sure. I think we're we've got to get another couple and you know, recorded because I think we're just touching the surface on this. But I know we're tight for time. But for people listening, what would you want them to take from this? What would you want them as a sort of the you know if they wanted to Florian their jujitsu or Florini yeah. as uh, I think thingy <laughs> called you? How what would you advice would you give them? Especially if it was like a podgy Highland guy who's interviewing you, you know, like who's an older athlete wanting to become a better jujitsu person, but to live the warrior lifestyle. What would you want them to take from this? Um, you know, I think that um, we we have certain perspectives and certain mindsets that um, we've just had for so long and we take it as like gospel. We, we think that that is the way and that is the only way. Um, the reality is, is that, you know, we can transform ourselves in a variety of ways. And I think having that faith is super important that you can transform yourself. Um, but also understanding that it's going to take some time and you don't have to tackle it all at once either. Um, Get those little wins, get those little battles, struggle, adjust, understand, repeat, do it over and over again and, and find that strength within yourself. And what you're going to realize over time is that you're a lot stronger than you thought you were. Um, And, I guess that um, in that process, you end up having to become a little bit more honest with yourself. Um, I think we live in a day and age where um, we, we, we do have a lot of, you know, mental health issues. Um, and, and that happens for a variety of reasons. Um, it could happen because of the way that we were raised, the environment we were raised in. It can happen, um, you know, because we have false perceptions of, of the world and ourselves, it could happen from, um, you know, whatever struggles that we've had in our life and, you know, us not living really in the present is what it comes down to. Um, uh, and when, when we can find that we actually have value and that we do have strengths, but in order to get to those strengths, we have to address the weaknesses, then we realize that that is not just with our jujitsu or not just with our martial arts, but that is in all, all aspects of our lives. Um, I don't have life all figured out. I have, you know, blind spots. I have weaknesses. I have things that I need to work on as a human being all the time. Uh, and you know, it is my practice that allows me to see those things. It is my interactions with, you know, family, friends, strangers that allows me to see those things and understand a little bit more about myself. And, um, we have to see, all of the things of ourselves, even the bad parts. And, um, I think we, we tend to, to avoid those things. Um, but those things are always there and we need to continue to dig and find out what those things are, where they come from and how I can address them, uh, in a variety of ways. So, uh, do that, do that work because I think we're, we're losing a lot of people because of that. 
um, people are losing their sense of reality. They're losing, um, you know, uh, meaning in their life. Uh, and I don't like using happiness because happiness is elusive. That comes and goes. But mm. uh, not having meaning, I think, is, is way more dangerous. So find what you love, chase it, and, um, and don't be afraid of chaos and adversity. Those are the things that are going to make you. Those are the things that are going to strengthen you. So um, why be average? Why be average? Um, push yourself to be great. That's a beautiful answer. One of the best I've had to that question. And until we can get around to, and how can people keep in touch? How can we subscribe to your amazing YouTube channel? How can we find, you know, how can we train with you? Um, have you got any more um, instructionals coming out? How can we keep in touch with the amazing journey that you're going on? Thanks so much, man. Um, yeah, uh, I am at Kenny Florian on social media. That's uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, you guys can hit me up there. Um, uh, I try to, you know, post things of what I'm doing, where I'm going. Um, you know, for the most part, you can you could get that there. You can also get that at Kenny. Um, on my instructional. I have an online jujitsu instructional um, at KennyFlorianMartialArts.com where I talk about a lot of, um, you know, conceptual stuff and just kind of big picture stuff um, that I hope will help people in, in the beginning of their journey. It, it's definitely can apply for people who are. Um, you know, been doing jujitsu a long time as well. Uh, but I, I think it gives people a good outlook on, on how to approach jujitsu and, and get some of the basics down uh, to help their approach um, and understanding. Uh, so that's Kenny Florian martial arts.com. And uh, let's see. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be doing commentary for the PFL professional fighters league. We have uh, events coming up in New York city and in the UK, I'll, I'll be in Cardiff, uh, Wales, and I'll be in London, uh, England as well, uh, doing that. And we got battle bots on discovery channel and, and that's pretty much it. And, um, you know, I hope this has been a helpful conversation for, for people out there. And, uh, thank, thanks for having and, me. Ian. And you've got your amazing podcast as well. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for reminding me. I got, I got my podcast with, with, uh, John Anik, the Anik and Florian podcast, which you can find, uh, on all platforms. We're, we're also on YouTube. Uh, we'd love if you subscribe and, and, uh, give us some likes uh, if, if you're interested. And I also have a YouTube channel as well, personally, um, where I, I go over a lot of, uh, different, uh, jujitsu and mixed martial arts stuff, uh, for people who are interested there. So, uh, hit me up, subscribe, give me some likes, uh, ask questions. Um, I, I do my best to try to respond and interact. And if you, there's things that people want to see, I'll do my best to try to put it out there. So, um, yeah, thank <laughs> I'm I'm the worst at promoting my my stuff so thank you Ian for reminding me Well that's it for another week and thank you for listening It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned Listen try it embrace it use it and crush it Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.